0: Claire and her friend Sarah were sharing coffee and conversation across the table. And Claire said, you know, when I, when I get down in the dumps, when I really get down in the dumps, I buy myself some new clothes. And Sarah replied, oh, that's where you get them. <laughs> Love and sometimes bring us down into the dumps, something to keep in mind, as we finish up our fall sermon series, Love is the Way, Christianity as Passionate and Compassionate Love. Bishop Michael Curry, at the wedding of Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, said these words, quote, There's power in love, don't underestimate it. We were made by a power of love, and our lives were meant, and are meant, to be lived in that love. That's why we are here. End of quote. And fittingly, Bishop Curry, at the royal wedding, referenced the royal law. The royal law of scripture, more commonly known as the Great Commandment. Perhaps you have heard these words before. Jesus is speaking. You should love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. The second is this. You should love your neighbor as yourself. If you've heard these famous words of Jesus before, say, Amen. Amen. Eh. Eh. number one. Without God's grace... Without God's help, without the power of the Holy Spirit feeding the flame of your heart and your mind, without being part of a community of love, the way of love may baffle you, it may frustrate you, it may elude you. After all, did you hear what just took place in today's gospel? The disciples are bickering among themselves about which of us is the greatest. And do you recall what Jesus said to them as they're bickering about which of them is the greatest? Jesus says this: Whoever wants to be first must be last of all and servant of all. All presumably also means those far from you. And, and display number two. If you have not been feeding your flame, as we talked about in week number one, and if you are not beginning with humanity and building with commonality and blessing with generosity as we talked about last week, you may find these three principles related to loving those far from you, ideologically, and geographically, extremely difficult to live out. But with God's help, let's give it a go anyway. Principle number one. Pray with them. Pray with them. Let's say it together. Pray with them. Prayer is powerful. Prayer can unite and bind together like nothing else. Prayer can pave a way where no way seems possible. So pray with and for those who are far from you, ideologically and geographically. Pray for that person whose politics makes you boil. Pray for that person who lost so much in the Carolina flooding. Prayer is one of the most ready means available to you and to me to connect with people all around the world, however far away geographically they may be from you. And when you pray, pray spiritually with them. Pray spiritually with them. That is, as a fellow human being, and not over them as a judge. And ideally, though this cannot always happen, pray literally with them, hand in hand, or page by page in the Book of Common Prayer. Pray for their well-being. Pray for understanding. Don't just use prayer as a heavenly complaint office. Though that's okay. Here, here's an example. Lord, this person drives me bonkers. Give me more patience. Help me to better understand them. Bless them and their family. Guide them in the way of love. In Jesus' name, Amen. Now, if you find this a difficult red pill to swallow, I remind you of our Lord's words from Matthew chapter five, verse forty-four. But I say to you. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Are you praying for those far from you? are you refusing to pray with those far from you? So the first principle is pray with them. Pray with them. The second principle is ponder with them. Ponder with them. Let's say it together. Ponder with them. The Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines ponder in this way. to think or consider especially quietly, soberly, and deeply. End of quote. And Dictionary.com defines ponder as, quote, think about something carefully, especially before making a decision or reaching a conclusion. End of quote. Ponder with those far from you. Learn their reasons and learn their arguments, those, those who are far from you, ideologically.
1: And ideally, learn the best reasons they have and the best
0: arguments that they have. And ponder the why. Look up on the map and learn The stuff and smelly, steamy abundance, caricatures, and stereotypes, and straw men of those far from you. Cross the aisle. Walk over the tracks. Talk with someone who is far from you politically, generationally, religiously racially, socially, sexually, whatever the distance might be. And check this out. Love does not require you agree with them. Love does not require you affirm everything they say and do. Love does not require that you like them. Remember, liking is optional. Love is required. But pondering with them does take guts, all you're gonna have to have some guts. Because it might you discover that, oh, I was wrong about of them. Or I have something to learn from them. And it will definitely mean that you will be uncomfortable with that. So are you pondering with those far from you? Or do you refuse to ponder with those far from you? Now we'll pause for a slightly notice I said slightly amusing comic interlude. Before we get to the third principle like cycle, a boy goes to school. He comes home. His mother is inside waiting for him, and she says, "Sweetie, what did you learn today at school?" Was that a good mother's voice? Kids, Is that all, Mom? <laughs> Not too much. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm going, hey, how did you doing today? Um, she's waiting to learn the call. Some of you will get that. Sure. <laughs> Thank you. No. What did you to me? <laughs> and the boy said to his mom, uh, apparently not enough. I have to go back tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> we went on to the third principle. The third principle is partner with them. Partner with them. So the first principle is pray with them, then you have a with them. But so this third principle is partner with them. let's say together. Partner with them. We're on opposite sides of an issue. Because even people who are ideologically opposed to one another often have common ground. And partner with those far from you geographically by supporting a charity that will bless them, by going on a mission trip to visit them, by sending email or letters to get to know them. Partner with those far from you ideologically by speaking up when people miscarriage. Man, this happens all the time. I don't care what group you travel with conservative, liberal, Christian, atheist, whatever. When we get together with birds of a feather, we like to put down other people with all these snide remarks that are really not true. So partner with those who are far from you ideologically saying, hey, I disagree with X on these things. But we're saying it's not true. When I was in high school, I would very often pray the service of morning prayer in the library before classes started. Yes, I was a strange kid, I understand. <laughs> probably not, that's so okay. It probably doesn't surprise most of you at this point. But anyway, I had a friend who was decisively not Christian. He was extremely anti Christian. Very bright guy, all honors classes, and many of his papers had pretty sophisticated arguments and critiques of Christianity. But we were friends. And so one day we were in the library, and I was praying in service of morning prayer. And uh, this other kid comes up and, I don't know, he wanted to talk to me, he wanted to bother me. And my friend said, hey, leave him alone, he's praying right now. So in that moment, my friend partnered with me, despite the ideological differences between us. With God's grace, you and I can do the same. So the third principle is partner with them. Okay, let's review the three principles. Allow, let's see if you know them or not. First one is pray with them. The second one is ponder with them. And the third one is partner with them.
1: Good. Pray with them, partner with them, partner with them.
0: Talk to somebody nearby like, and make sure they know the principles. Have them recite the principles to you. Don't be shy. Go ahead. Have them recite the principles to you. And I just want because as you go out into the street, I'd hire some police to ask you if you the <laughs> Here we are. So number one is pray with them. Number two is talking with them. And number three is partner with them. And now the moment of truth that you all know is coming. Which of those principles is the one you really need to implement in your life? Is it praying with them? I mean... Have you, like, been a Christian for all these years and you never prayed with those far for you? Yikes. But maybe you've been doing the prayer. So maybe for you, you need to do the pondering with them. Maybe you really need to say, what does this person think? Do some serious reading or serious conversation. Be open to what they have to say. Maybe that's really difficult for you. Maybe you've been doing the prayer. Maybe you've been doing the pondering. But for you, it's the partnering. Like, actually work with this person I don't like or these people who I don't disagree with, so, which is it for you? Hanging with them, pondering with them, or partnering with them? Thomas Merton. How many of you have heard of Thomas Merton before? Okay. Favorite uh, quote by Thomas Merton. That's what I was going to say. you see the contemplation." This is my answer. What else? Hmm. No Man's Island. Another good one. And Seven Story Mountain is one of the famous one. Anyway, there's even a Thomas Merton Society that meets at our paper shops. Thomas Merton wrote a lot of things that are worth reading, and a lot of things that are worth repeating. And here is one of them that's worth repeating. Quote, Our job is to love others without stopping to inquire whether or not they are worthy. This is not our business. And in fact, it is nobody's business. What we are asked to do is to love, and this love itself will render both ourselves and our neighbors worthy. End of quote. I'll read it one more time. Our job is to love others without stopping to inquire whether or not they are worthy. This is not our business. In fact, it's nobody's business. What we are asked to do is to love, and this love itself will render both ourselves and our neighbors worthy worthy. So much of what stops you and me from loving others with sacrificial, selfless, Jesus kind of love, is frankly our personal judgment. This person doesn't deserve my time, this person doesn't deserve my love, look at their life, blah, 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 they're not worthy of it. But as we were just reminded by Thomas Merton, that is not your business or my business as Christians, especially for striving to be disciples of Jesus. Your business in mine is to choose, with the help of God and the help of God's people, to choose to love. It's not for you, Jesse. It's for everyone. Christian love is a choice. If you've not figured that out by now, Christian love is a choice. And so your business in mine is to choose, with God's help and the help of God's people, to choose to love with sacrificial, selfless, selfless, Jesus-like love, those nearest us, those around us, and yet, even those far from us. It's a radical way of life. There's no other way of talking about it. This is the life that Jesus lived and he laid out for us, and without God's help, you and I will not be able to participate in it. And, and remember that this is at the beginning of the sermon. But it is a life infinitely worth living And as Bishop Curry has said, there's power in love. There's power in love to help and to heal when nothing else can. There's power in love to lift up and to liberate when nothing else will. There's power in love to show us how to live. Amen.